Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is a cerebral beverage that helps you find your flow state, enhance mental focus, and cognitive endurance. Elevate the brain and the body. To get yours, visit brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, fuel.com, and enter the code LIFO15 at checkout for your 15% off discount, L-I-F-O-1-5, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on Life in Front Office podcast, powered by Brain Fuel, here with Mark Riker of the National Senior Games Association, and uh, he's the CEO and of the NSGA. Mark, looking forward to talking to you about what the National Senior Games is, and ultimately uh, how people qualify, how it's run, um, you know, the different constituents involved, you know, obviously the Olympics are going on, the Paralympics are going on um, in Tokyo, a lot going on uh, in, in Beijing next spring. So there's just, there's a lot of um, Olympic type games happening in these, you know, these couple of years, you guys will have 2022 in Fort Lauderdale. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about it and, and dive in. So welcome. Welcome, Jake. Well, let's first get it started here with the whole thing about Olympics. Yes, with Olympics maybe going on, uh, but we're the real Olympics. Uh, you know, we're the Olympics for the people 50 and over. So that's our market. And again, our mission is to promote health and wellness to the individuals 50 and over through education, fitness, and sports. And we've been doing it since 1987. That was the first national games we had. They occur every other year in the odd years. And uh, we've moved it around the country from uh, multiple cities. We first started in St. Louis. That was the birthplace of the original games. And uh, right now it's been a little fascinating because normally we would be having games in 21 because it is the odd year. Right. But it has been an odd year. So we have moved our games back to May of 22, again, still in greater Fort Lauderdale. And what's happening is athletes are going out and they're competing in local games. I mean, local games, really state games. So across the country, we have all our states are running games, uh, including the District of Columbia. We just have uh, one other state now that we're still uh, right now don't have a state qualifier in it. But then for all the other states, anybody can go to these states based on their performance there, based on their placement, and sometimes based on timing. Like in, in track and swimming, we have some time qualification. So even if you don't place in the top three, but you meet a certain time or jump a certain distance, you're also able to qualify. And um, so we're doing that. So that's the process now. We're doing the qualifying process here through 21. Our registration is going to open up here in a few weeks. So we're really excited just to kind of hearing the buzz that the athletes, they're ready to want to get back out, be engaged and be involved because it's, it's more than just a sporting event. It is a real social camaraderie that goes on amongst folks. They just, you know, love to be around people who are like-minded with them, you know, staying active, staying fit. Absolutely. You mentioned it's an odd year, right? We, we kind of heard some stories yeah. about how Katie Ledecky was going to different pools to keep training and all that. I mean, I'd have to imagine something similar has been happening on your scale and your level with the senior games. I mean, is there anything that's outstanding? Is it, the, you know, has the Peloton taken over the senior games in terms of staying active? I mean, obviously with a, with an older population, maybe a little bit more high risk, not as much access to gyms and, and pools and stuff like that. So how have, how things had to adapt in that respect? Well, it's true because a lot of people were at home 
and, and we're figuring out how to adapt at home. And we tried to provide tips and some videos on things that you could do in your home without having to, to have all this high-tech equipment. Um, some of the basics, just getting back to basics and staying fit. I think that was the most important thing for us is that, you know, as, as anybody, if you get out of your routine, you know, it's hard to get back going and staying motivated. So trying to keep people motivated mentally also was, was an important factor in trying to figure out, you know, how to keep them connected. Um, at one point, we put together a, a virtual walk competition, you know, just again, to get them thinking about different things they could do to exercise and equate that into steps and how many steps you actually did over so many weeks and, and kind of something just to keep people active and thinking about moving forward. And I tell you, most of them, you know, really were really pretty positive through this. We did a, a period of time where we called a good number of our athletes just to find out how they're doing. And really, you know, I think more of us, we were kind of surprised, I think, in some sense that other really had a really good upbeat attitude that they're like, well, you know, we're, I'm staying fit, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm staying active, and I'm ready to get back. And it was, it was awesome to hear all that. So what are you, what are you expecting going into this 2022 um, senior games in, in Florida, where Look, obviously there's no winter sports going on, right? So uh, let's let's take the geography component of it and say, okay, what are the most popular sports or events within the senior games? And, you know, is there a heightened focus on any new sports? Any, you know, obviously we saw the addition of a couple of new sports in the Olympics. Um, just the evolution of what the senior games has become. Can you dive into that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about the games. There's a lot of momentum building up of that. We're looking at it, it's really calling it's the reunion of the ages. And to come down to the Gulf Coast and the 23 miles of Golden Shores and Beach and Fort Lauderdale to get back with your friends and colleagues and competitors. And what we've done is we have actually added three new sports for the upcoming games. We've added cornhole, we've added soccer, and of course, it's a beach. So we added beach volleyball. So that's going to be pretty interesting. So we're pretty excited about, again, having a new sports in there. The, the two sports that really have our greatest numbers individually wise are track and field and pickleball. Those would be our two largest individual sports. And then from you know team sports, we have basketball, volleyball, and softball are team sports and now adding soccer this year. Mark, a huge pickleball fan. Uh, I think it's a super underrated game. Even for those that are younger, it's it's like you can play a really competitive pickle pickleball game and you get a good sweat going. And it's kind of like I almost equate it to a combination of ping pong and tennis in a way. Um, but then I, I got to go back to your your addition of beach volleyball and and cornhole. Is the cornhole happening on the beach too? Actually, it's not going to be on the beach, though. We're going to do it at the convention center. The, the convention center has gone through a big major renovation. Match is supposed to be opening up here in the next few weeks. They've been closed for almost a year and a half. So uh, we want to utilize that convention space and, and create really a hub of activities. We'll have multiple sports really under one roof and create that, that festive atmosphere. They can go and watch people playing pickleball, go see somebody cornhole and badminton and basketball and, and volleyball and shuffleboard. So it, that just creates a, a really a fun atmosphere for everybody to get involved. But pickleball, the other thing we did this time too, is we've added the skills division. Normally we're a five-year increments. That's how they compete. 50 to 54 year olds, 55, 59, 60, 64. But this year also we've added skill levels 
within those ages for pickleball. So I think that will also create a, a whole new dynamics for competition. Most definitely. I was going to ask how the ages break down, right? Because, you, you know, you kind of have probably that peak, you know, range that you've got, and then it maybe starts to trickle off, right? You, you have kind of your bulk competitors, and then I would imagine you lose a few as you kind of go up into the age brackets. What's been the most surprising thing for you as you've I mean, you've been in it, what now, nine, 10 years or so. And, Correct. Um, you know, you've seen a lot. What's, what's been the most surprising thing about the athletes and how long they compete for? Yeah, I, I think it is. It is totally this inner spirit and inner mindset that they have. They just keep moving. I mean, we've had so many that they fall, they have bumps and bruises, and they're just like, get me right back out there. No, I don't need to see a doctor. No, I don't need to see the medical. You know, the arm is bleeding, whatever. And you're like, no, we ha you have to stop. We have to bandage that. Like, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. Let me get back right out there. Let me do what I like to do. That's, that's just their mindset. That there's obstacles in everybody. They just don't see those as obstacles. They just kind of figure out how to move through it, move around it, move over it, move under it, whatever. Uh, and I think that's what's really kind of fascinating to watch. And that it's not really all about getting on the award stand. Yes, we have a lot. It is a competition and people seek to want to win that goal. But they understand it's about you know doing their personal best. It's all about them. They know the level they're at. They understand they're not 20 years of age and they're, they're 80 now. And, you know, there's going to be limitations to what they do and that they accept that and strive for what they can do themselves. And the thing that we want to tell you that was really fascinating back in 17 for the 30th anniversary of the games, we tried to look and see uh, how many athletes had competed in all the national games. We actually had eight individuals that competed. Um, and now we said there are seven of them that have competed in all the national games since 1987. So just the commitment that they've made is really phenomenal. That's incredible. Now I, I think I got some new goals to live up to. I'm going to, I'm going to push those off to the side for a, a, a lot later in life, but I think I've got some new goals. Um, you know, Mark, as you think about kind of just the evolution of the games, what they've become, you know, who, who's exposed to it, right. The building and communities, right. Where you've got maybe pockets of people that are kind of competing and pushing each other to train and, and qualify. Um, how has it gone you know, from an, as you mentioned, kind of 30th year anniversary in 2017, how has it continued to expand and, and what is it going to look like in the future? What's the expansion look like? Yeah, we had a, a great expansion really from, even from 17 to 19. We had almost a 30% increase in our participation. Uh, in 17, we had uh, roughly about 10,500 and we had almost 14,000 competing in 2019. So, you know, we can still see those numbers growing because we see from our state organizations and how they're growing and getting people involved locally that then expose them to this whole concept that, you know, this is going on across the country. It's not just in your state. That's, that's the fun part of it for all of our states, uh, other than two states, are considered open states. I meaning you're living in Arizona, you can go and compete in the Wyoming games. You can go compete in the South Carolina games. So they get an opportunity to get out there and expose themselves culturally to a new, new part of the country, uh, vacation, learn what's going on, meet new people, reconnect with friends. It's, it's a very social environment that a lot of people are entrenched in, which is a, a really a pretty cool thing. So we think that still is gonna keep expanding because I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the older active adults, that's what they are. 
active adults. They're not slowing down. They want to keep going. They want to keep finding things that they can do uh, or keep learning. That's the other thing that's surprising is some are still wanting to learn a new sport. You know, who would think that, you know, at, at 70, 75, that they're ready to, to do something different. That's completely awesome. It's, it's, it's so much fun to see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about just the even cornhole and and pickleball, right? I mean, just being exposed to those and picking it up, um, developing a skill. Maybe maybe you're better at one of those sports than you even were at the other ones you were trying in the first place, right? So you never know. But when you when you sure. think about the, you know, obviously you mentioned the, the communities and the state organizations and then you guys and how it's all come together. There's a lot of constituents at play. And when you look at the locations in which you host the games, how do you go about deciding those and, and what's that decision-making process look like? Obviously not a simple one where you just look at the map, put your finger on a city dot and go, yeah, we're going to go there. Well, sometimes you do look at that, right? Sometimes you say, God, we really like to have our event there. And you know, that is a part of the factor. You know, we also look at thinking, uh, we're trying to investigate and think through what cities we think would be a good fit for our athletes. And again, just like most of them, there's a lot of multiple factors in there. Of course, venues is a, is a big factor to it. And, you know, the ability to get around within that city. But a big part of it too, is just the feel and vibe you get in that city when you walk in it. And we do site visits and just how people are interacting with one another. What's the support mechanism you have? What type of volunteer base is going on that, encourage people to get out and be involved you know how does your media market look at it how do they take on events that are coming in town do they give them some you know exposure and recognition of what it is to help build what you're doing uh, those are really key things and then of course there's always the financial component you know being able to secure the necessary funds to put on the event that you want to do that everybody be so proud of and a lot of complicated facts but yes we go through an rfp process uh, cities can bid on it, and then we, we narrow that down, go on some site visits, and a lot of time working with people. And as simply as it is, you know, you're going to peaks and valleys through everything. And who's going to stay with you as the as the going gets tough, you know, and and really work through some challenges like may have happened obviously last year with the pandemic. How did these rights holders and cities work together to try and salvage an event through all that stuff. And those cities um, that are golden stars that come through it really well. And what's the process if you go back to a city? If you if you host it in, in one location and say, you know what, that worked really, really well. Let's go back there at some point. Well, it's funny you say that because obviously the first two years were in St. Louis in 87 and in 89. And that's where the, the offices of our association were in St. Louis. The office moved to Baton Rouge and then hosted the games in Baton Rouge when they first moved there. And then actually hosted in Baton Rouge again the second time. Um, we hosted the games in Pittsburgh in 2005 and actually we're going back there in 2023. So actually Pittsburgh is the first city that we will go to for a second time that is not a city that our headquarters have been located in. Um, so, yeah, we do look at those cities that we've had good success at and still talk to them about it, about finding kind of the right timing for them and for us to consider going back to that. But we're open to that. We're open to, you know, all parts of the country. We're not set up that a lot of people say, well, if you're in the east one year, you automatically go to the west next year, you're in the north, you automatically go to the south. 
we don't necessarily have that set pattern. You know, we really look and seeing what's going to be the best fit for us and our athletes. And, you know, if it's in the, the East in two years in a row or two games in a row or the West, we'll deal with that. And then as we move forward, we'll, we'll analyze it. You know, we obviously don't want to try and pigeon ourselves into one area all the time. Yeah, you, you can think really, really hard about it. And then at some point you go, yeah, that one just feels right. Like, let's let's go there. And, and you've got the relationships, the constituents. Um, Mark, as we wrap up, I want to go into our brain fuel segment and talk a little bit about uh, kind of, you know, your journey into the sports business and, and as it relates to, you know, ultimately how you, how you prepare for your day, right? What, what's the most Im- important mental aspect of working in sports? And um, I want to start off with, if you could be the best in a single mental sport, which would it be? Are you a, are you a chess guy, poker, esports? Is there something in the senior games that you're, that, uh, you know, might, might join that list? Well, I'm hoping I'm going to add something to the list. I would say speed reading. If I could do that use my mind to speed read I'd be able to process there's so much information this day and age you know we're just inundated and have access at our fingertips just constantly and and be able to just absorb all that in a very fast way so I I think speed reading is my thing that I'd like to be able to do does that qualify 100% I mean I've heard of speed walking and I would I would be a big fan of that but speed I love speed reading we're gonna have to do a little bit more digging into that find who maybe like the I don't know. Is there a Guinness World, you know, World Book of Records speed reader? I, we'll have to do some research. Yes. TBD on that one. Um, Mark, from a, from a productivity standpoint, you know, what's been kind of your secret and competitive advantage to how you go about your day, um, you know, success that you've had over your career? Well, I'd say just kind of kind of take several ways, you know, kind of the start of the day, my approach is I look at it really since the beginning of the day and I, I really do the old fashioned list. You know, I try and think of two priorities, two things, I, and I literally have written lists. I take the old pen and pad out and literally write it down, you know, and kind of say, these are two things that I think are the, the high priorities that I really got a ton of tackle or, or this needle, this project has to be moved at least a little bit in the day. So I have those because once you get into the day, you know, there's so many things that just kind of attack you from different ends. So kind of keep looking back saying, okay, I know I've got to get this. I know I've got to tackle this. So that's one of the, the main focuses I try and to utilize. But um, from the other side of it, I look at how do I mentally approach things. I look at it from a perspective of really trying to balance. It's about balance. And I think pacing and confidence to get through all these things, you know, balance is, is pretty simple. Balancing the day, you know, when you have so many different things that come up and, and priorities changing and then the pacing, you know, because certain things have to move really fast, you know, at times. And other times you have some time to, to actually absorb something or take a little longer at it. And then just feel the confidence that you're moving in the right direction and making those decisions that are impactful to your organization. And last thing for you, as you think about, you know, just the, the games as a whole, is there any piece of advice you'd give to those who are competing in the upcoming games from a mental perspective? You know, for me, it's all about simply enjoyment just think about going out and enjoying the moment that's it just enjoying the moment of everything around the moment of of traveling to the event the moment of seeing and meeting old friends meeting new people you know the thrill the excitement the little heartbeat that starts pumping little nerves and butterflies that you get as you're you're getting ready to start your competition you know enjoy that moment and that feeling 
you know, then going out and then enjoy that you've done the best that you can and whatever the pricing is, it's really irrelevant. And then in, enjoy the, the time outside the competition too. You know, that's a city that has a lot of things to offer down there, explore it, you know, and take that also in. So you get an entire experience. So I, I look at it, just enjoy the entire moment, enjoy everything that you can possibly put your hand on. Wise words for sure, Mark. I appreciate the perspectives and uh, certainly have enjoyed having you on as part of our sports ETA series. Super. And, um, you know, it, it's certainly, we're going to have, definitely have uh, some uh, games to pay attention to after the Olympics um, as, right. as there's a lot more to pay attention to. Uh, but, you know, really looking forward to, to seeing um, the results in 2022 in, in Fort Lauderdale and um, definitely we'll welcome you on uh, again in the near future to uh, give us a little recap, maybe. Absolutely. Well, Jake, I will tell you, you were invited to come down. I, I know that I was surmised you are not 50 yet, uh, <laughs> but do remember that's when life truly begins. It's all about the half century club. 50. Sure. That is life. That is where everything changes for you. So you need to have your countdown clock ready. And I, I, you really need to start thinking about that sport, honing in on it, get your skills, get training, get going. And you're more than welcome to come down to Fort Lauderdale and kind of scout out some potential, you know, competitors that you might be seeing in a few years. Well, I've, I've got, let's see, uh, I've got 23 years to practice a sport. So, um, you know, I got my eyes on a few and we'll, we'll get there. That's good. But it's less than half. It's less than 25. So you're, you're closer to it than not. So. That's very true. Well, we'll awesome. definitely have to take a look. And uh, Mark, really appreciate it again. Uh, looking forward to uh, having you back on in the future and uh, appreciate the time and perspectives. Thank you, Jake. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Remember, you can get 15% off your next purchase at brainfuel.com b-r-e-i-n fuel.com with the code lifeo15 l-i-f-o-1-5 at checkout and if you like brain fuel give us a shout out comment share and leave a review